Welcome back to another All About Jesus podcast. Today we got Darian Carey on here, uh, just a beautiful uh, girl that uh, used to coach basketball with. It's just, uh, um, I just consider just as one of my, another one of my daughters. And I've got my other daughter from Texas here, Molly Mansour. Um, she's been on here before and she's been on here through the phone, but the day she's here live, it's just awesome to have her back with us. How are you girls today? Great. Doing good. <laughs> Doing good. I'll read Ephesians 3, 19. May you experience the love of Christ. Through it, it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. As we've all been away from the Lord and we've come back to God and just uh, been made full in his uh, love, and uh, um, it's just so much uh, better. I was just asking someone the other day, did you ever imagine it would be be this good surrendering your life to the Lord? I just kind of always kind of figured it'd be kind of boring and uh, mm-hmm. not very fulfilling, but doing the right thing, but just wouldn't really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you girls ever imagine it would be this much, um, much fun? No. I looked at it and it was like... <coughs> There's no way, but it's amazing coming to this realization and it's just, it's really fulfilling. Amen. Yeah. I think, um, I think the coolest thing about me and Darian, we've been friends since how old were we? First grade, second, third grade, third grade, third grade. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to try to cry. Okay. So, um, D's always stuck by my side, like going to a different school and stuff. And we've always been best friends and always had each other's back, like like no one else ever had each other's back because um, we're both very um, aggressive. And <laughs> um, just that kind of love for each other, like would put down one each other's, you know, your life from one each other. We really were best friends. And um, even through the years that we both were doing different things, we – lost contact sometimes where we wouldn't even talk for probably maybe months at a time but just when we get back together it's like we never left each other and then now coming to Christ almost back around um, both of us coming back at the same time is really like that was all from God because he knew what he was going to do with this friendship is just grow it so much stronger and show like all those years that we were living for the world is nothing compared to both of us following him and to have a true sister in Christ is, is awesome. Good word. Yeah. I know I used to coach you girls in basketball for four or five years when started in fifth or sixth grade and up to eighth grade. And we had a lot of wonderful times, but there wasn't much, uh, wasn't much Jesus involved in any of the practices. We'd, won a lot of games and had some good times, but uh, I look back at them days and uh, nothing's really lost because the Lord, you know, fills it back in, but Mm -hmm. I wish I could have been a better dad and a better leader of speaking to you guys of the real true word of the Lord, but um, not much we can do about it now other than you guys have got uh, young kids, um, boys and girls that uh, as you get into coaching, as your kids growing up, uh, really start speaking the truth into him and really start yeah. speaking Jesus into him. A lot younger age will save us all from a lot of different problems we've had to go through because we didn't have our lives and eyes focused upon Jesus. Yeah. Even with like the traveling ball, I don't think it's 
bad for all these people to do it. But if you're having a game when there's church time, then you shouldn't go to that game or tell them you can't go to the game until after 12 or something. Or if you're traveling in a different town, like we were many times, um, if my dad was who he is now, we would have, we would have went to a random church. It wouldn't have mattered. We would have found mm-hmm. service and or he would have had something for us there. You know, it would have been the main priority. And so I'm glad we did have those experiences because now we've learned from it and now we can take it into our own life with our own children and speak life to other children around it and parents that are maybe going on the wrong way, teaching their kids, you know, that sports are more important and it's not. And so we have to have those lessons. There's a reason that it's in our testimony so we can grow from it and do better now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know when we left to go to Hamilton and Molly would have been a freshman and Dee would have been in a eighth grade. Eighth eighth grade. grade. We wanted to, we wish Dee would have went Pack with me us up for and sure. Take you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we yeah. got uh, separated there for a while and uh, um, as we'll start, um, going through some of uh, Darian's testimony uh, today. Um, as you speak through it, we'll all be able to just kind of remember different things we was at and just uh, be able to just kind of live through it. I've heard it, uh, got to hear it the other day at Kirkley. It's a very powerful testimony. It's going to really set a lot of uh, people free. And uh, we'll just start with, uh, you start with your testimony, Darian. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in Gilman. Um, I grew up with my single mom, by a single mom, um, with my two brothers, um, one older than me, one younger than me. And um, I really, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I was raised in Gilman by a single mom. Um, my dad he has um, other children, probably about 10 or so, and um, at a young age, um, he was in and out of my life, um, and then he eventually just stopped going, coming around, um, and then I got into school, and um, I was literally the only black girl in school, and you encounter uh, some things with racism and stereotypical things and then the looks you get and um nobody um really acknowledged that I was black um and they didn't think that the words um affected me the way that they did and um then it was really an identity crisis because it was like who who was I was I black was I white was I supposed to act this way was I supposed to act that way um people were putting stereotypes on me so it's like do I have to live up to those stereotypes and um and then school got around and oh what happened after that um so that was really started my identity crisis and then um I just started feeling like I didn't fit in, like I wasn't placed right. I had a good group of friends. Like Molly said, we um, we became friends in third grade, and when we were in junior high and stuff, we were known as the popular kids, and um, I was going through a battle in myself that nobody knew, and um, so I had to deal with a lot of that, um, and then I got into a lot of partying in high school, um, drugs, 
in sex and I started to find my worth in men. And um, it was like if a man could sleep with me, then I was deemed beautiful. Like I was valuable and I was worthy. But um, through that cycle, it just ended up being they just wanted one thing and then I was left alone. And it was just like the pain and the self um, putting yourself down and um, unworthiness and just these these thoughts would just come up. And um, then my mom, so I had to deal with my dad abandoning me. And then at my mom, um, sophomore year of high school, um, she pretty much abandoned me also. Um, she wasn't around a lot of the time during my high school career. She sometimes was there physically, but other than that, she was living her life and she was experiencing things that she wanted to experience. And unfortunately, that left me kind of on my own trying to figure out things. And um, yeah, we've all noted yet one time she when you girls were you and Brendan was younger, she was just always there. Then yeah. uh, something kind of happened. I think the her father had passed away mm -hmm. and uh, kind of lead back to how important there is to be a just a dad in a in a kid's life it's just uh, yeah. very important if um, I know I was there but I wasn't there but uh, just kind of a word of encouragement for dads just how really and important you are in kids life they need yeah. uh, they need a dad and like Darian would look at me as a father figure and I should have been better but uh Dads really need to, to step up for sure. Mm -hmm. And that was a big thing when my grandpa died because he was also a father figure like you were, like my uncles were. And then, unfortunately, my brother had to step into that father role and had to provide for me during my high school. And so when he died and she kind of stepped away, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but that that was really hard because you were also dealing with that loss and then your mom turns around and it's like you lost her too. Yep. So and yeah, I did have father figures, but it wasn't I I mean, I don't have anything to refer back to because I was so young when my dad was in my life, but it's just like there was no constant it was always changing. It was always um, me being alone. Yep. So when um, mom left and she was just kind of gone, she didn't really, like like in elementary, she was so involved, yep. like you were saying. And, um, and then to have that switch of her just like not ever, not really coming around, not being at my sports events, not helping me through college. Like, that was the hardest thing. And because she helped Brennan with ch college applications, with getting scholarships. And then, like, I was there, like, I had no idea what I was doing. And Brennan was at college. And here I was trying to figure it out all on my own. And my grandma helped me in the best way she could. But she had no idea what was going on either. Yeah, your grandma really stepped in and we know your mom uh, feels bad for what happened. She oh, yeah. loves you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's a thing. Like I didn't really touch in my testimony, 
um, at Kirkley is that like me and my mom's relationship is better than it ever was. Like God. God really redeemed our relationship and we are so close and, um, my little girls love her so much. <laughs> so it's, it's really amazing how, where we were and just the resentment and the anger I felt towards her. And like, there is at one point, like I pretty much told her that my kids were not going to be around her. They were not going to be involved with her. And then coming back to this and it's just like, there's so much love we have for each other. And your mom, both, both of you following Christ now, how yeah. different it is even like her mom, per, your mom parading, parading you when you were a little girl going to all the games means nothing compared to her supporting you with your walk with Christ. Oh, yeah. Like it's so different. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing having her support and seeing her grow in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like it, I love just seeing a fire on her. Like, um, when something's going on, she's like, we need to pray. I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> it's just another, just like my own family too. It's just how the Lord, when he goes in the center relationship, how it can be restored. It's just mm-hmm. another part of your testimony yeah. of how you had some conflict with your mother, mother and, uh, how that's brought that back together. I mean, it's yeah. just another, just a testimony for a lot of people that's had trouble with their mom or dad, but mm-hmm. you know, you put the Lord in the center of the relationship, how it can go back and even be better than ever. I mean, just with you and your mom, me and Jill, me and Molly, I mm-hmm. mean, the testimonies go on. So that's a. That's what someone at Ashes to Beauty said. Explanations don't take away the pain. Only Jesus does. Yeah. So there's nothing that your mom could even ever say to explain why she went on the path she did. But Jesus is the only one that come that came to restore you guys. Yeah. There, there could have been nothing she could have ever said that would have fixed it like Jesus fixed it. Right. Thank and God. like I had to, I had to forgive myself for the things I had said, the resentment I had for her before we could have ever move forward. Yeah. And then she also had to forgive herself. Yep. And I think that was really big. And that's something that she um, did at the Ashes to Beauty that we went to together. That's awesome. That's a really good point there. Of Just how many people, you know, we need to forgive all these other people we think, but uh, just forgiving ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through, as you've, you know, you're talking to somebody, you need them to get to forgive themselves. It's hard to believe how hard it is sometimes for people to forgive them yeah. themselves of what they've done. But that's just such a big hurdle. When you get over that, then you can really start moving closer to the Lord. Yeah. Even realizing that you need to forgive it. Because a lot of people are like, uh, they did that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need to forgive myself. Yeah, yeah when really we good. have to look in the mirror ourselves, we're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, there's forgiveness everywhere. Yeah. All we can really fix is what, not really fix what we've done, but all we can really fix is ourselves. We have mm-hmm. to look at ourselves and get that right. Then the other people, we just have to forgive them. And because uh, we're not justified to really hold any unforgiveness against anybody because mm-hmm. even don't really matter what even happens to you. You can't be, you're not justified being mad or angry at them and, you know, really search ourselves and get that right, then let the rest of it um, happen as it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, um, with that, um, with my friends group, and I was really the um, the happy-go-lucky kid. Like, I was always smiling. I was always making jokes. I was the loud, obnoxious friend. Um, and it was, it was like, the whole time, my whole childhood, I was making other people happy and making them laugh. But in the inside, like I was, I was in such a, 
a state of sadness and just hurtness and aloneness that nobody could even see it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I didn't tell anybody, like nobody would have known unless mm-hmm. I said something. Yeah. And um, the feelings of being a burden or um, just being ashamed of like, why, why, why do I need to feel this way? Like you're supposed to make your own happiness. You're supposed to be happy with just yourself. But I wasn't. Right. And um, then. um, Which is lies from the devil. Right. Yeah. Of course. And I was believing those lies. I was accepting them. And um, then I was going through all of that. And um, I was just feeling a lot of uh, just a waste of space. At that point, I'd given myself away multiple times. um, Damaged goods, unworthy of love. I mean, my parents had both abandoned me. My brother never really, we didn't really have a relationship. Um, My little brother, he was way too young to understand anything. Um, I didn't feel like I had anybody to turn to, anybody to talk to. Um, And just one night I was in my room and I had um, a pill bottle from a wisdom tooth extraction or and I just downed the bottle, and I fell asleep knowing that was going to be my last day on earth. Mm. It wasn't, and it wasn't mm. the second time either. And then um, after those, God. yeah, after those attempts, I um, started cutting myself to just kind of numb out the the just the self hatred I had for myself and the situations I was going through. And, um, and that kind of stopped during my senior year. After my senior year, um, I got a scholarship to Graceland University for basketball. And, um, I didn't really focus a lot on basketball there. And I didn't focus a lot on partying. I ended up getting in a relationship with, um, this guy that, um, I was head over heels with. Um, I thought he loved me and, Um, It ended up being a physically an abusive relationship, um, which I look back at it and I'm thankful for it just because it blessed me with two beautiful daughters. But um, I have been beaten. I have been raped. Um, I was choked unconscious to unconsciousness on a gravel road while my um, daughter was screaming for me in her car seat. Um, but I had to, um, physically, or God had to physically remove him out of my life because he knew that I wouldn't. There were several chances I could have walked away. There were several, several people that helped me on that journey, as long as you guys too, that helped me get myself out of that position. But I kept going back. I kept going back. And I don't think if he didn't get arrested and sent away with the restraining orders I don't think I would have ever left and I know that God knew that so he had to remove all contact remove all everything and it was a blessing because I ended up getting full custody of my girls praise God yeah but so that's really where I started my journey um coming back to Christ because I knew that I wanted 
my girls in church. I knew that I needed to be in church. And so we really started getting, um, going back to church, just doing the lukewarm thing. Um, I had a Bible, never read it, but, um, and then I started like hearing, like, you need to serve, you need to serve, you need to serve in your community. And so I started serving, um, on Wednesday night church, helping out with that. And then I'm currently teaching a class for Wednesday night church. And, um, then after that, I heard about Ashes to Beauty, and um, I went to my first Ashes to Beauty in 22. When did you come back to the Lord? So around 2019 is when I started going, no, 2020, I started going back to church, and um, it was just going on Wednesdays, going on special occasions, nothing just doing the lukewarm thing. And then in 2021, I started serving um, Wednesday night church and getting more involved. And that's when I kind of started reading my Bible more. And then 2022 is when I took a huge leap and just, I really surrendered it all. Amen. When was you like, uh, when did you first find the Lord as a younger kid? Oh, so I was baptized at seven years old. So my grandma kept me and my brothers in church when we were younger. Um, I was in all of the the church programs to VBS, GAs, went to all the camps. Um, so I always knew the Lord. Um, I knew of him. I didn't know him. Um, I got baptized at seven. Um, not necessarily because I needed a Lord and Savior, but because um, everybody else was doing it. Mm. I think you got baptized at seven too, didn't you? My brother got baptized at seven. So it was just something that I knew needed to be done. Did you really have a real encounter with the Lord when you got called for the baptism or did you? I don't think so. You just kind of. It was just something that you did. Something you did. Yeah. And then, you know. Was there tears shed or do you remember anything about it or? No. That's the scary part for younger people that thinks they got, you ask somebody, do you know the Lord? They say, well, I got baptized on this day, but sometimes they don't really mean anything. Right. And I was 12. I mean, I remember where I was at, Campfire, Chillicothe, Grand Oaks Camp, and the tears were flowing and a couple older gals that worked there took me up to the front. So I do remember that so I think that's when I had my first encounter with the Lord and I don't know exactly what that means but mm-hmm. I do remember that what happened I don't I don't remember my baptism all I know it was in May that's all yep. I know and I was seven years old yeah so I knew I know it wasn't for <clears throat> for really my faith but more of a, a show yep. yeah so I really think that when I rededicated my life um, at Ashes to Beauty is when I really, I don't want to say had my first encounter with the Lord, but I really allowed him to come into my heart. Amen. So, and then that was my first Ashes to Beauty. And um, when they did the unforgiveness or the forgiveness um, section, it was, and I had gone through forgiveness before I came to this because I was come. I had came back to the Lord, so you were hearing all these things like forgiveness and um, just different things like that. So I had really thought that I had kind of done my whole forgiveness um, towards my father's 
or my daughter's father and um, for other people like my mom. But when you get down there and they highlight different parts to you that you're like, I'm still holding on to that. And it's just like, and then like you get to write that on the paper, like what you're holding on to. And just like every session, um, it's like it highlights something else. And it's just like, golly, <laughs> I think I went like through two papers. I was like, I, I know I'm done. <laughs> but, you know, like on the way back, I was like, oh, I got more. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I really got to um, forgive my mom, my dad. And my, um, myself, my, um, my daughter's father. And I think that night when we came back, I told my mom, I was like, I love you. And, um, I'm sorry for what I had done. And I forgive you for what you've done. And it was just, that was the start of just the redeeming power that God has for our relationship. Amen. And I, I haven't spoken to my dad for probably five years I don't even know where he's at but I don't know I just felt a release Mm -hmm. from him and um with my daughter's father I'm not I don't have any contact with him so but I felt a release from him like I know I don't know if it was at Ashes to Beauty or somebody that said something um during that part but it was just all like prayed that they know Pray that they can feel that forgiveness and they that they um, feel something from the Lord. So I did that, and I just felt like it was all, it all just kind of, it was an amazing experience. Because other people's sins can't be forgiven until we forgive. Yeah. So very important that we don't hold anything against anybody because it just, when you don't forgive, it just keeps coming back over and over. You might even be, irritated to this situation and this person you haven't forgiven pops back in your head mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're mad again until you can finally just forgive and just leave it to the Lord and just move on. Yeah. yeah. That was a big weekend. <laughs> a little pregnant Molly. Mm. Yeah. I was very fat and pregnant, but it was awesome. The way down there is such awesome fellowship already when you're going down there with other believers and then what God had in store for um, all of us was just amazing to get to be there for it. And the ride back was even better. You think you're exhausted and then you stay up the whole five hours talking until I think we even came back into the office when we got here. Yeah, we were here until <laughs> yeah. like two o'clock. I don't think yeah. I got home until like two thirty. Yeah, that's when you come in and said you had to forgive me or oh yeah i had to ask for forgiveness for you and what for (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay never mind and wrote out a list of people yeah it was awesome that's why we were on the way home i was just like bam 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 i was like take me back (laughs) yeah they texted me on the way like darian's got something to talk to you about and i got thinking like what in the world has (laughs) happened (laughs) Well, it's just like when you go down there and you think just like how many people have impacted um, my life and you and Jill really were that um, second family for me. Like you, I was always at your guys' house yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, it was just like, wow. I know like Dennis, uh, your uncle mm-hmm. has just really stepped in and just done yeah. a wonderful job and poured out a lot of love to you and um, yeah. just the other day just... 
of the Man Up Revival. He just wanted me and him to get together and just pray for you, mm. which was was powerful and awesome. Wow. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Dennis has been a real, um, he's been a real light because he's also been a spiritual leader for his family, but he's also been a spiritual leader for me, even if he doesn't realize it because I, he just, he's just a very spiritual person and you can just feel the spirit on him whenever you're around him. And he just has, he's always had words of wisdom for me and he's always been that, um, nurturer in my life and it's like and you don't even realize it until you open your eyes until the Lord opens your eyes it's just like wow you've been here forever <laughs> yeah but his heart has been so softened I feel yeah. like his words are so they come with so much gentleness now yeah like he really means it from the Lord speaking to him oh yeah he's full of the love of God and that's something I didn't experience for the longest time is like I was searching for love my whole life I couldn't find it in my family or my friends or men and I go down to my second time at Ashes to Beauty and um they forgot to um wash my feet and it's just like those those feelings of you're not good enough like you're just forgotten you're unnoticeable come up and then like that, I think I only told my mom, which was a crazy thing. And I'm I'm sure she told Jill. And then Jill's like, oh, we've got to tell servers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was just that next night I wasn't even prepared for just the the love of our three servers um, in that room that night. And they just, they all three just came around me and just washed my feet and prayed for me. And it's just like I had never felt the strength of the, the love of God in that moment. Mm. It was, it was amazing. And they, they prayed for my aha moment. And I was like, that's it. You guys are it. Like, Mm. I know that I am not forgotten that he leaves the 99 to get that one. And he came and got me. Maybe that's what the whole thing was because it is strange that they would miss somebody to washing their feet. So obviously the Lord had this whole thing in his own plan to come back the next night where it all, yeah. Where you could really see that the just like you said, they left the ninety nine to go get the the one mm-hmm. and made your that special night for you. Right. It was just a regular night of washing the feet. It's still very special, but right. that is something that you will never forget that that you know that you're not forgotten. Mm-hmm. And that's it's a crazy thing is because I went down that time for my mom because it was her first time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to be there for her. I'm not really going to get much out of this weekend. And we ended up not even being in the same room. Mm. And um, God blessed her with two um, amazing women that um, really touched her. And she got to open up and um, get some healing for herself. And I don't think that if I was in the, I feel like if I was in that room, I would have been in the way. Mm. She would have never got to experience that or open up to these women. I think sometimes going down with a family member or a real good friend, one of the two is worrying about the other one so much. They might not catch as much as they mm-hmm. need to or not open up or so sometimes it's better you're split up and Yeah. I think they do that kind of at the lunch when you go through the line then when you come through Oh yeah, they just like <laughs> then you just end up sitting by other people and just really opens up a lot of doors of conversation that you 
never would have because a lot of places you go with a friend, you're just stuck right there with them. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you need that that broke off so you can really receive what the Lord has for you. Yeah. yeah. Even this last ashes the beauty. We all wasn't it everyone had put my name or something. We all thought we'd get a serve together. Yeah. And God had different plans. And just the strength from, I feel like, last year then to even get to watch you grow and you were going to be okay if you were alone or not. Because even I remember the day I called you, I was like, man, somebody messed this up. They're supposed to put Darian's name. And then everybody ended up putting my name, which messed everything up. And then we're like, like if you're going to be alone, is that going to be okay? And you're, yeah, I'm fine. I'm ready to go. Like, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, okay. Like, because I, it is hard because of where you've, been through because no one ever wants to make you feel left out or not a included or something but God used you in such a mighty way in that room like your room was they, they needed you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that and that's a that's another thing that's so crazy is like when we were growing up it was always Molly is the alpha like <laughs> She was the leader, and then, you know, it was me, and I just kind of went along with everything. It was, like, not that I didn't have my own personality or um, my own thing going, but it was just easier to let somebody else kind of take the reins on things. And it's it's crazy to where we are now at just, like, how I have grown out of that. It's, like, I don't need... Like, I, I love Molly. I love doing um, life with her, and it's like, but I don't need. Someone holding your hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's, like, what I really, when growing up, is, like, I didn't want to be that burden. Like, I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. I didn't want people to think that, oh, just poor Darian, all this stuff. And I've really grown out of that to, these people love you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that they think that you're a burden. It's not that they feel sorry for you or think lowly of you. It's because they love you. And that's Mm -hmm. something that, like, I did not see growing up at all. I just seen people, I was a charity case to people. And that's, that's, yeah. (laughs) And that's that's really been an eye-opener. And that's just, like, something that I've really grown into just, knowing the love of God. It's just like these people represent the love of God and they're going to represent God. So. Yeah. Yeah. I even think like you're just such a lovable person. I remember the first time when you were trying to get out of, was it Georgia? Mm -hmm. And I just started living with Joe and I was telling him the situation. He's like, I mean, he instantly he didn't even know you. And he just loved you. He's like, we got to get her out of there. We got to get her money. We got to get her home. Like, you know, not even knowing you and just loving you already. Because he just, people can see your heart. It's pure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't have a pure heart. So, I mean, it's always been pure. And just, I'm glad God's showing you now that it's not because anyone feels sorry for you. It's because we love you so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always loved you. I've always loved coaching you and um, yelling at her. <laughs> yeah, I use one favorite people to never coach. Sometimes Jill would say, "Well, Darian just needs you in her life," and I'm like, "I need her to rebound." <laughs> <laughs> Why is he always yelling at me? <laughs> me and D running laps. 
um, that kind of goes back to the point of just the um, being a server and, uh, you know, if you are a leader or you're in a leadership position, but having other people around you that's maybe not confident in it yet to step up and let them do it, that we don't always have to be the one who prays or whatever. I know there's situations where you was getting started in it, and mm-hmm. I know I could have prayed or asked this person, but I'd, I might ask you to pray and mm-hmm. give you the confidence, then obviously you'll start doing that with other people and building up everybody around you because we can't always be there. Yeah. Somebody needs prayer over here. Well, we got to go run and find D. Like, no, you need to have the confidence to be able to do it yourself. It's right. just through the Holy Spirit. There's nothing about yeah. us that's any different than anybody else. So we really need to be sure that we're building other people up and has the Lord put you in different situations down there serving that uh, you could get away from Molly or whoever and you could just be you know the Lord just worked through you is just yeah. uh, and now you've got a whole new confidence where you never had that if if we back to that one point if you just stayed with your friend and never broke right. off of it so yeah. that's uh that's awesome that you uh, realize that and are walking in your in your own gifts and not need somebody else's because you're for sure worthy to do it yeah I think even down at Ashes Beauty was so neat getting to serve together in so many situations but even the one where that lady me and you went out to work with this lady and then um God ended up using my mom to come over there Mm -hmm. and you went and helped Wilma and just like having just a servant's heart not getting offended like yeah wherever you need me God if it wasn't supposed to be with this lady I'll go to this lady and just jumping in wherever that's that's just such a great thing to have. It's just like, I'm going to be a willing vessel wherever, instead of like, oh, I wanted to do this. We were doing this together already. You know, we already had started and just like, just going with the flow. You can't get so controlled in Christianity. Like it's mm-hmm. got to be like this. I need this person. I need my Bible in my left hand and my hand up and my right hand. Like it's just too much control. So I just think that is awesome. And just all the prayer, even praying around that one lady that one day. You know, just you being the backbone, literally on the lady, just praying on her. Like, you might have never even said a word out loud besides praying in your spirit language. And that lady needed that that whole time Mm -hmm. to be like, you know, just grateful. Like, we were just grateful to be there and just let God use us, even just to intercessory prayer the whole time, you know. I think it's just awesome heart. I think that's one of the... the one of my favorite things about serving it's just all the pouring out that you Mm do it's just amazing to get to pour out and then see the outcome of that pour out and just see god working through them yes as we've heard your uh i'm not can't really remember where he's at in your testimony kind of got you off track there but um i know listening to your uh, testimony at kirkley um he said uh, for us to ask you about your healing Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, kind of, where was you at in your walk with the Lord when this happened? Then just kind of tell the tell the testimony of how this, you know, what all happened here. Mm-hmm. So, um, <coughs> so yeah, I, was, I had gone to my first Ashes to Beauty, and um, they had started the um, Lifting Him Up revivals. And that's, um, I started getting involved with that, just being kind of a, uh, prayer or prayer is that what you call it prayer leader prayer worshiper warrior yeah Warriors. warrior there you go <laughs> prayer warrior or whatever and um so we were just um and it was maggie's testimony night and um 
where where was I in my walk? I was pretty new. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Little baby. <laughs> and um so it was Maggie's night and our testimony night and she was doing her testimony and she had some props on stage. So me and Kate Ishmael um were helping her with her props on stage and somebody had came up to Maggie during the worship after her testimony and was like I've got a word from God that somebody here needs healing and she was like and it was somebody that went on stage with you and she had asked Kate about it and Kate was like it's not me and um they're like well I don't think it's Darian (laughs) (laughs) so um and um they were just like just announce it like after the worship's done, just announce it that you had this word from God and that you um, wanted people to come forward. So they announced it during um, the end of the worship, and she just said that she had um, she had heard from the Lord that somebody needed healing. So anybody with back or hip pain to come forward, and I was already sitting on the front. Excuse me, I was already sitting on the front row. <laughs> <laughs> and and, um it was like it was crazy how drawn I was to stand up and go forward because I don't do that like I never stood up I never put myself in the center and um so it was just the draw to go forward I was one of the first people to step up and um we were just kind of like in this horseshoe kind of like around um the altar or the yeah and um And she just kind of started walking around this girl, like, just praying to herself. And then she stopped to a lady right next to me. And she went to the same church as me at the time. And I just know that she needed healing because she had been in and out of back surgery and all this stuff. So I was like, whatever they got going on, she needs it. (laughs) And um, so she just started praying over her, her and these girls. I I swear these girls came out of nowhere because it's like they were, like, just – back behind her I was like whoa (laughs) but um and then they just started praying with her and then she fell out she fell out in the spirit and I was just like you know like um okay this is about to be crazy (laughs) and um so and then she stopped in front of me and she um said that she wanted to do something different she wanted me to sit in a chair and she wanted me to be completely flush with um the chair the back of the chair and so I did and she just kind of like lifted my feet up and um little backstory when I had my first um daughter Kalani um my left leg was always um shorter than my right leg it was about two inches shorter and it had caused me a bunch of um back pain and hip pain to the point where like my grandma literally had to peel me off the couch because I couldn't even stand up oh wow and um and so she just lifted up my feet, and I was. She was like, "You're the one." I was like, "One for what? Yeah. <laughs> what? What do you mean?" And um, she was like, "God told me that there was a lady here that had a leg two inches longer than the other." <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> and then like she just kind of like there was like people surrounding us, but nobody was touching me, and she just kind of like lifted my heels up, like she was barely touching my heels, just enough to keep them in the air. And then she just started praying in tongues. And that was the first time I had ever heard tongues. Mm -hmm. And it was just like this amazingly beautiful voice. And it was, it was amazing. That's all I could say about it. Praise God. But, um, 
and I wasn't, I wasn't opposed to tongues. I didn't know a lot about it, but, um, but just to hear it for the first time in person and it's being prayed over you, it was just amazing to hear it, to just to feel the spirit coming off of it. And um, I just closed my eyes and I felt like it was a good 15, 20 minutes. And then <laughs> I looked back, Molly had um, had it videotaped and it was literally like two minutes. Oh, wow. But um, I just closed my eyes and I could just feel a warm hand on my left leg. And my left leg literally grew, grew that two inches. Wow. And there was no hand. There was no hand. Had nobody had touched, nobody was touching me besides the girl that was holding up my heels. Mm. Jesus. And like I got, and she was just like, did you feel that? And I was like, yeah, I sure did. <laughs> and <laughs> I got up and it was like walking on a cloud. Like my legs were numb. They were tingling. It was just an amazing feeling. And then, you know, after that amazing thing happened to you, and this was fairly new, I think for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause I think a lot of people around the, um, Gilman area was, you know, some of them were still baby Christians themselves. And so a lot of people were just kind of making excuses for what had happened. I was like, I just lived that. Yeah. <laughs> right. God just worked through her. Like I just had healing from God. I was literally touched by God. And, uh, and then people just kept, you know, coming with like, oh, they were Pentecostal women, like yada, yada, yada. I was like, I don't care who they were. They're my sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was, that was the healing I got there. And it was, it was Didn't powerful. your mom and um, Aunt Gina, weren't they right behind you getting to watch it? Yeah. So, um, so there's two sides of chairs. They were on the other side of the chairs, but they were like in an angle where they literally witnessed the whole thing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's what a what a miracle to have your leg grow two inches. Yeah. Then uh, the regular, the Pharisee spirit of the churches uh, complaining about your healing and other healings that was going on to that night instead mm-hmm. of praising God and realizing how powerful it was. Mm-hmm. That uh, some of these churches only believe that a doctor is the only one that can heal still. Yeah. But then they tell us how big the Lord is, but then they put him in this small box. It's, right. it's, it's crazy. What about like then when you didn't share, was it with Aunt Gina or somebody and you were being disobedient and you felt it? Oh and- yeah. I started like getting pain back. Like after that I had, I had, I had no more pain. Like I could move around. I could do a whole bunch of stuff and not have any pain. Um, and then I started getting like, um, little bits of pain to come back. Like sometimes like my whole back would just be numb in pain or sometimes I'd still need help to get off the couch. And I was all like, I didn't know what was going on. I just kept like thinking like, I need to tell somebody what happened to me. Like I need to, I need to give my testimony. I need to tell somebody. I feel like the Lord is, um, giving me bits of these pieces of pain to show that he need, I need to glorify him pretty much. Yeah. Amen. And, um, and then I was, Gina had came up to me at the, um, tears of love revival and she was asking about it cause she had heard, um, from somebody else what had happened and she just asked what happened. So I told her what had happened and I told her, um, afterwards that like, 
I'd start to get a little bit more pain back. And I feel like it was because I was disobedient and not, um, giving my testimony to people. And, um, after that night, like that pain left. Yeah. I was like, okay. Gina, your aunt. Yeah. No, your, your sister-in-law. Yeah. My aunt, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. My aunt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was awesome. Cause I remember we were talking on the phone about it and you're like, it's coming back. And we're like, are you being disobedient? What is happening? (laughs) So that was awesome. Somebody else needs to give testimony. And Gina. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she does. Um, yeah, that's a that's a real faith builder there. Yeah, yeah, majorly. That's like after I'd got healed, just like you, I knew that next Sunday I went back and I was just sat in the pews and the Lord said I need to testify after mm-hmm. I talked to somebody else saying that you need to be sure that you give all the glory to God. And mm-hmm. as soon as I got the opportunity that uh, if anybody got anything else to say there at the church i mean i jumped and ran up yeah started speaking started crying but i thought man i've got to get this off my chest or the lord is not going to be happy yeah so um then you say you got your uh spirit language yeah. i was there to got to witness uh witness the lord working there that was awesome i just i seen you up there at church that day and just looked uh Looked like you had the weight of the world on your shoulders that day and just like, yeah. oh, me and Mag need to pray for you and we got praying for you and you have your spirit language. He said, not yet. Then we started praying over you. Then uh, Did, Weren't we there? I was there the Sunday before. Yeah, you had just gotten yours and you're like, you need to start praying for your spirit yeah, language. I was, I was like, like eh. you need it. And you're like looking at me like I'm a weirdo. I'm like, you just wait. <laughs> <laughs> but it I was, was like, I don't really need it. Yeah. I was like, that's what most people think. We don't need it, but it's actually a part of the armor of God. So to say you don't need it is really just blasphemy. How's that word to say? Blasphemy. <laughs> I can't yeah. say it either. You're saying like, I, I don't need this God when he wants to give it to you. Why it's a you gift from God. God. Yeah. yeah. It's something you, everybody sh- should want and everybody I believe could get it if they believe and pray for it. But we pray for a, uh, extra money and that's a gift from God and we mm-hmm. accept that but we don't want to accept the gift of tongues because uh, um, just the stuff we've heard about it or don't think we need it but it's uh, such an awesome powerful way to pray that uh, I believe everybody needs it and everybody should pray for it and the churches that have trouble understanding it or don't think it's right or need an interpreter and just kind of like let's not talk about it if they would just teach on it themselves and just say this is how it is. You've got your prayer language and you've got your corporate tongue. If you do mm-hmm. speak, you know, stand up in church, I just start speaking in tongues. That don't really do nobody any good unless they're an interpreter. But if I'm praying over somebody, praying by myself and letting the Lord and the Spirit do it, it's very powerful. And all you'd have to do is just teach on it, kill all the lies, and uh, there wouldn't be all this confusion and um, aggravation and complaining about it. Yeah. When I actually got my, um, like, I never really looked into tongues until after I actually received it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I got to research a little bit more and read my Bible a little bit more about it. And it's more, it's more for yourself. It's a faith builder for yourself. It's to build you up in faith and in the spiritual realm. And I was like, yeah, it sure is. Yes. It edifies you. It's just like having you guys play basketball, but not really you guys not working out and being prepared. Yeah. I and mean, that's what edifying is. So why wouldn't a 
preacher of a church when his whole congregation edifying themselves and building mm-hmm. themselves in more of faith. And when they come to church or they're doing out the Lord's work, they're stronger. Mm-hmm. But no, they uh, beat you down for talking about it. It's, um, it's backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, now into your deliverance was two months ago. Yeah, in January. January. And that was awesome. Yeah. So that was. You run full commission here. Yeah. <laughs> Get it all out. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, with my deliverance. Um, so I did my testimony at the Ashes. No, not Ashes. The Women's Revival. Um, and that was my first time giving my testimony. And, um, and I just had this feeling that I needed to be pure. I needed to be cleaned, washed as snow. And, um, and then Maggie was doing deliverances and I was just like, I need to be delivered. And we have, we had talked about it a lot too. Like you were wanting to get delivered. And I was like, yeah, me too. Like this is like with my whole past and the things that I've been through, like I needed it. And, um, so I remember that night on the phone and I was, and you were like, what, what'd you do? And I was like, I got delivered today. I was back in Texas. You're like, Are you kidding me? I want to get delivered. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, how could you do I that? I was like, it just happened. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. And, um, yeah, so, um, we kind of, I told Maggie that I wanted to do it and I wanted her to do it. I felt like she needed to be there and Wilma needed to be there. And, um, it had kind of put, got put off for a while. And, you know, I felt like that was kind of just a, just a distraction from the enemy being Mm -hmm. like, Oh, they're too busy for you, but it needed to be in God's timing. And, um, so they had came over to my house actually. And, um, we had just kind of started it. Maggie started it and we kind of went over and, um, I got to, the forgiveness part, um, when you first do it, um, some people's name came up and I was just like, I haven't talked to these people for years. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to forgive them? What do they do? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it was just like a list of people. And then we really got into it and it was just like these spirits were attacking my eyes and my ears. Mm-hmm. So my eyes were just like fluttering. Like I couldn't keep my eyes open and they were just like, it was like super fast, like eyes twitching really crazy. And then when Wilma was talking or Maggie was talking, it was like a muffled sound would go from ear to ear. So like it was trying to muffle them out. And they were just calling all these different spirits up. Um, and there's a lot of spirits. <laughs> and, um, and then um, what really – so I had the, the sloth spirit, the um, – Jezebel spirit, which came out last, um, Python, um, death spirit. I have a list of them, but I can't remember. Um, and, um, these things came out and they were attached to different parts of my childhood where they came in. And, um, uh, and then they, they asked me to ask God like where he was during all these things. And it was just like the most, so surreal and just an amazing vision of what God gave me. And it was like each, each part where I was being taken advantage of or getting beat. And it just showed literally God 
right there with my daughter Kalani because she was she was born during these times when um I was in an abusive relationship and it was just like he was holding her from falling off of that bed that one time he was closing her ears so she wouldn't wake up from that nap um he was making sure she didn't fall out of that car seat like all these different things he was showing me visions of of where he was in my life and then like Mm. with the um my suicide um attempts it was like he was right there by my bed like he didn't leave me my whole time amen and it was just like these just these pictures and it was just overwhelming and it was just like then um like then the tears started flowing and when um if you knew me in my past I didn't cry you did not see me cry and so it's just like the these spirits had a hold of my emotions and was making it to where I couldn't show any emotions. Like I grew up being told like I had a hard heart. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have any emotions. Like nobody knew what I was thinking, what I was um, feeling at any given time. And it was just like, it was just like God was literally giving me back these emotions and these feelings. And the, the, it just started pouring. And um, then it came up to, um, where um I think Jezebel came in and it was through the spirit of perversion mm-hmm. and so at a young age um so I have a sister that is two days older than me and a sister that I think is like a year and a half older than me half sisters and it um the spirit of perversion was on us at a very young age and we took advantage of each other and we thought that this was something that people just did um to each other so we were going to do it to ourselves and to each other and um it really took um my purity away and their purity away I'm sure and so I had to come to terms with that like God literally that was like such a blockage that I blocked out for so long and um it was because I had such this guilt mm-hmm. um, of what I'd done to them and just this ashamedness of what they'd done to me. And um, so I had to literally lay that at his feet. Like, and um, it was just like, I don't know. It's just the emotions came back up again and I was crying and it was, um, and it was just like, forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Forgive yourself for what you've done and what Amen. you feel. Like, this was not you at that age. Mm-hmm. That was a spirit attacking you and your sisters. Like, that is not who you are, and that is not who God says you are. That is literally the enemy taking a hold of you, t- uh, you three girls, and putting it into something that's not. Yep. And um, and that's something I really had to give to him, and um, I got released of that. And um, then... Um, it was crazy because um, it kind of got to a standstill at the deliverance. I don't know if that happens normally. but um, And they were just kind of like reading their Bibles and stuff and like just like going over, you know, the list of things, making sure everything was out. And like it was like it was like full attack mode where like my eyes were literally um, – like could not open. I couldn't see anything. They were rolling in the back of my head. I felt like, and my my eye like my eyes were just like going so crazy. And then Maggie, I I I can't remember the scripture. Is in Luke, but it was about the um, scales falling off of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, she literally 
had the Bible and she like put it up to my face and it was like, and then like it knocked me back and, um, they were calling out that Jezebel spirit again that they thought that they had take, gotten it out, but it was not out. And, um, and then all of a sudden, like I just got into this like trance and my my eyes stopped fluttering um and it was just a trance and it was just like this white backdrop and it was it was just these two hands just in uh in holding hands and he was just like you are free praise god Amen. yeah and my yeah that was crazy deliverance <laughs> yeah that just that stuff just cannot happen without having spirits inside of you and yeah. you as a Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Pharisees, they like to, Pharisee people around here with their spirits, and they believe the devil's lies and tell us that you can't have a demon uh, inside you if it's a Christian is a lie because you are a Christian gal. Mm-hmm. You had uh, um, little devils inside of you. They got casted out. And um, how, much, uh, how's, how much has your life changed since you've done the deliverance? It's changed a lot because it has opened such a an open airway between me and God. And it's like mm-hmm. I can see him and I can hear him in ways that I never did before. Yeah. And it's just like I'm, I want to, it's in the feeling of I want to read my Bible. I want to get in that quiet space. Like, mm-hmm. and like I didn't have that before. And that was just like this year. And it was just like, I could have been this could not have been, I could have been doing this a whole long time ago. Like, and I'm not saying that you, you have to go through, well, maybe you do have yeah. to go through deliverance to get that. But for me, <laughs> that's, do. yeah, for me, that's exactly what I needed to do is so I can hear, because I always struggled with like Molly had visions and people, you heard things, right? Right. And, um, and people were getting signs and stuff. And I was just like, what, where's mine? Why doesn't right. God speak to me? And um, and Wilma had actually told me something during that because I was expressing that to her. And she said, you can't compare um, other people's walks with yours and you can't put a, um, oh, how'd she say it? You can't put a, um, you can't determine how God is going to speak to you through other people. Very true. But if you're really trying and putting out effort and you just are struggling and struggling it's probably an evil spirit right working inside you that's not uh, letting that loose right and uh it's because uh, it's setting so many people free go ahead even during your deliverance you're starting to see visions and everything yeah these spirits are blocking everything you know yeah that's what people just don't think i think anyone whether you if you are a Christian and you haven't been through a deliverance, I think you should just go through it. What's the big deal? What are you scared of? You're scared right. you might have spirits in you. You probably do. Yeah. So quit being scared. Go through it and find the true freedom that Jesus Christ wants for you. That's what I'm just like. I'm so glad God brought me to my knees the day he did to go get mm-hmm. delivered. Because it was just like you're fighting against not only your flesh, but now spirits. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you want to do that? Like, just anyone that hasn't been through it, I just think you should not, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. And if you are ashamed of it, it's probably a spirit in there telling you to be ashamed of it. Like I am an open book. I'm not ashamed of anything that was in me because I know it was not part of me Mm -hmm. and God came here to take it out. And that's why both of our deliverances, we both had tons of crap in us that if you've had any open doors and not only yourself, your parents, they could have put even spirits on you that like, 
you know, they didn't even know what they were doing. Right. So you need to go through it. And the worst thing is these people and all their scriptural knowledge, so they can't find it in the scriptures. Well, it is, there's different places where it's at, but to run it down and say it's not true, when you see the testimonies of a Darius, myself, Molly's, of what it's done to these people and how they're chasing the Lord and just uh, um, just how their lives has changed is just, uh, it's crazy that uh, that you would not want somebody to be And if you don't delivered. believe it, go through it and see if anything happens. If your heart is open and God's telling you to go through it, go through it and see if something happens so you can see it with your own eye. Go watch someone else go through it. Like, if you're going to close your eyes and turn your head to it and you don't even want to see it, then are you to say it's not real amen yeah, it's sickening mm-hmm. i found that verse read it it was luke four eighteen, and it says the spirit of the lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim and release to the cap Proclaim release to the captives and recover sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I believe, 100% you can have uh, unclean spirits in you as a Christian, and uh, the people who says it's not true are probably filled with unclean spirits, and that's who they're listening to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and if you are, don't be ashamed of it. Right. Just go find someone to help you receive the freedom Jesus wants for you. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter how young or old you are. Like, open your heart to what God wants. That's just like when you don't want to receive these gifts that God wants for you. I'm living. I'm. I have gifts that He has given to me, and it has made me not more powerful. It's made me a a better uh, vessel for his kingdom. Yeah. It's given more, me more strength. Like, why wouldn't you want more strength? He doesn't want you to have to go through this battle here in, on earth without the power he wants to give you. Like, drives me crazy. <laughs> it's quite a battle. Um, kind of come back to your testimony. Um, I don't know if you said it today, but uh, um, I've heard you say it before. Uh, who am I? Yeah. So, so I think, oh. the question is, as you've went through all this and, you know, you've had healing, you broke out in tongues, you've been delivered, um, you've found out who you really are, you know that Jesus loves you, you know that I love you and Molly loves you and your family loves you. Who are you, Darian? That's been the question, hasn't <laughs> it? My whole life growing up. <laughs> But um, it's, so on this journey of my whole life, um, I was searching for love. I was searching for who I was. And it's so simple, but it's so complicated all at the same time that you just have to accept the love of God, that he's giving it to you for free. And then the whole Bible tells you what he thinks about you, who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I am a child of the Almighty, and I am strong, and I am um, wonderfully, fearfully made, and I am healed, I am saved, and I am his child. And and it's just it's crazy to think that I went my whole life trying to search for that, and all I needed to do was open his word to know who I was. Amen. And 
it's it's an amazing feeling when you figure that out and you keep walking in it and then when these lies of the devil come up to say that you are not worthy you're unlovable and you're just all like no god says i am loved and i am worthy of love and i'm worthy of his love Amen. even though i don't deserve it but he gave it he's giving it to me for free mm-hmm. for sure I think awesome. if anyone is struggling or went through anything Darian's went through, she has a open book. So find her on Facebook and message her, and I know you'd answer any questions. Yeah. And I believe there's been some prophecy spoke over you. He's going to start doing some maybe some classes and stuff sometime in the the future. And I know that uh, we're getting a a building ready for the worship house the Lord has given me. And every time I think about that, I always think about you teaching there. It's one of the main reasons that I'm even even doing it. Every time I think about it, I see other stuff, but I really think of Darian doing teachings in there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Let's go. <Awesome. laughs> yeah. So as we're getting closer to the end here, I'll start with uh, Molly and ask the question, what has blessed you most recently? Um, most recently, I feel like what's blessed me is just um, God has brought me to a new church, which has been wonderful, bringing me people. But really, um, what breaks me down the most is just still the love of all my um, friends of believers back here and family. And just the other day, I texted him. I said, I don't know who's praying for me, but I have felt it the last two days. I couldn't even think about anyone from up home without just breaking down. Because when you know people are truly praying for you, you can feel the God, his love through the nine hours from nine hours far away. You know, he is there and he's real. And prayer is so powerful. So I'm just blessed to be able to pray and the people praying for me and strengthening me and um, he just gave me a word all month that's been confirmed just to pray for Job for a vision or dream. And people have reached out and said, I got the word I'm supposed to be praying for a vision or dream for Joe. And I'm like, I got the same thing. Like God is moving. And if it happens today or 20 years from now, whatever, you know, I believe with my whole heart, he is going to make a way. And I'm just blessed to be able to just be here and be a vessel for him and whatever he wants me to do. Amen. Amen. I think, what was the question again? I knew he was going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been blessed with um, in the most recently? Most recently, I think it is just the, the power of testimony. Mm-hmm. And um, I was asked to give my testimony at the encounter, um, the kids encounter um at Kirkley tonight and I got to videotape it so I could still attend the women's revival and it was on suicide and it was on spiritual warfare and it was it was just to be able just to signify that thing that happened in my life and be able to give my testimony but also speak life to children that may be feeling the same way that I was feeling Mm -hmm. um growing up and it's just like I don't take that lightly and I want to I want to help as many people as I can in those situations because um like I said before I didn't tell anybody what I was going through Mm -hmm. and here recently in the last few months I've actually opened up about it and 
people have actually blamed themselves for not seeing what I was going through. And it's just like, it's, that's not it. Mm-hmm. I just was so good at hiding it and it's, and it's nobody's fault. Yeah. Even when I got, I said, you're what I call you that one. As like, God told me you were, there's something else you're not putting in your testimony. And I'm like, maybe it's something about your dad. Like I'm just guessing myself. And then I'm talking to her on the phone. And then she tells me the thing about suicide. And it about killed me because I wasn't even there for her, but I didn't know. And I wasn't following Christ. So I wouldn't have even known how to ask her. So it's so real. And so many kids are struggling with it right Mm -hmm. now. So if you are, if you're feeling lonely, just reach out to someone because someone just wants to love on you. Yeah. Amen. Well, what a awesome podcast. Uh, two uh, daughters and sisters in the, the Lord. Uh, thank you for both coming on here. I believe we've got time to probably get a few line drills in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Dee, will you close us in prayer? Yep. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time, Lord, with um, Brian and Molly. And I just um, thank you for these testimonies that you have given me. Thank you for allowing me to glorify your name and lift um, you up, Lord. And I just thank you for each and every um, ear that is listening, Lord. Um, I pray that they get something out of this testimony, Lord, that something resonates in them to seek you, to find you. I pray that no lost spirit goes um, without listening to this and coming to you, Lord. I pray that for anybody that is struggling with feeling lonely or lost or unworthiness lord that they come into a realization lord that they encounter you in a mighty way that they cannot deny lord and i just pray blessings upon everybody that is listening um for the obedience of starting this podcast for being involved in it lord and i just thank you so much and i praise you and i love you in jesus name i pray amen amen Amen. thank you darian Anybody struggling with anything uh, that Darian was talking about or just anything in general, just reach out to the 37 Ministries page on Facebook or reach out to Darian or Molly or myself. Um, we will be, uh, we're here for you um, to walk you through uh, these different things that, you've, uh, that you're facing and uh, whatever it is, the Lord can uh, heal you from it. Thank you. Mm-hmm.